This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Folks, we are back here with uh, my, can I call you my good buddy, Taylor Thompson? Yes, you can. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while. Yeah, but then you kept canceling. It's, it's, I will say it's on me. I, I <laughs> keep asking you and then we don't set it up, but here we are. Uh, yeah. Beautiful day. It's a Tuesday. It's hot. It's hot in this room. Not just because I'm in here, but. No, it's because I'm in here. It's right. hot in this room. No, it, it's like a greenhouse. No, I got to say, I want to talk a lot about a lot of things. But the first thing I want to talk about is you have a podcast. I do. Alaska Lady Business. Yes. Not not Alaska Lady Bits. Which Absolutely I've, not that. It's Alaska, Alaska Lady Business. Um, it's a podcast that I started um, in 2018. When did I start it? 2018? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, released the last episode in 2019. Um, I have a few episodes I need to edit and put out there, but it's about women business owners in in Alaska and um, kind of their experience about running businesses. So what, what's it like being on the uh, the opposite end of the podcast? Because you host your own, so when you're doing it, it's different for sure. Because I, I don't know what you're going to ask me. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Whereas on mine, I send people like a list of questions and we talk about it. Um, so you focus on Alaska women business owners. Yeah. I've listened to a few episodes, and you can do it. It's on um, iTunes, and mm-hmm. I think most most of the platforms. Spotify, are... Stitcher, it's on everything. Nice. Yeah, and I haven't released an episode in a while um, because I was busy doing lady business. How did you get into? Because a lot of people do podcasts, and some people will do it. You know, they'll have it as a once in a while thing. Some I try to do them pretty regularly. Some people do them daily, like Joe Rogan yeah. for the big ones. But a lot of people are into the podcasting. Um, how did you get into it? What 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 made you decided to do a podcast. So I own a knitwear company called Turnigan Mudco. And at a lot of the craft shows, I would meet a lot of really cool women, interesting women. And um, all of their stories were different um, and unique. And I love talking to them about their struggles or their successes. And um, I thought, well, if I get to listen to all this, then why shouldn't other people or become inspired um, and help other women who may want to start something, get that confidence of if they can do it, you can do it. I love that. You know, I, I, I always talk to people. I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, man, people need to hear this. Yeah. Because it's a great conversation. And right. if it's just you and somebody else, that's it. So. And you're the only ones who benefit from that. Whereas if you have a podcast, you have a platform to allow other people to hear and get inspired. And Do you find that, and this doesn't happen much to me, but it, it does happen sometimes. I find that people um, one-on-one when the mic's off are sometimes very different or very much more careful what they say as soon as you turn the microphone on do you get that really or yeah it's like they become like almost a different person sometimes yeah, they get bit. oh they uh. get nervous yeah so um with mine I, I just let people talk and then we edit out things that you know if if they talk too much um see i tell people they say we, we'll do them sometimes and they go oh well you can just if i say something you can edit it out i go no no i don't roll like that i just yeah mine does i just roll i just put it on raw 
Wow. Never, never edited. Well, one time, there was one time this, something got really weird. It's a long story, but yeah, took that little part out. Yeah. It was good for everybody. Or, or it could have been bad for everybody. So you, um, do you have sponsors? Are you just doing it on your own or do you have sponsors? So or? I've done it on my own, uh, which is another reason why I took a little hiatus from it um, because it's expensive as it should be to have my editor edit them. And I was self-funding my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, took a little break from it. Um, I was in talks to get another sponsor for this season and then Rona hit. Um, the so, Rona. So I don't know if that's still going to move forward, um, but we'll see. I got to give a big shout out to Jason Sear. You know, Jason, I don't know if you met him. No. He's does some stuff with landmine. He used to live here, but, um, does all the audio stuff for me. Great job. Yeah. Mine's Evan. He's Evan, lovely. Jason and Evan. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I probably could learn to do it, but I just like having somebody boom. Yeah. Send me the file. Evan's super talented. Um, and he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows what to edit out. So I just trust him. And he's worth every penny, which is why I want to make sure that when I get to do my podcast, I can have him do it because he's great. He's trying, he's trying to get, I'm trying to think of who's your, have you, have you done any high profile women or is it mostly just kind um, of? Well, I interviewed Mur- Senator Murkowski at the Arctic oh, cause, cause Counter you, last Because you used year. to work for her, right? I did. I was her press secretary. Yep. Yeah. In DC or here? In Washington, DC. Yeah. Wow, yeah, we should, I want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, what do you want to ask? A lot. Um, so you did that, but then you're a lawyer. Yeah. I want to talk about that because there's one case you recently worked on that I, if we can talk about that. Um, yeah, it's a, pub, it's, a pub, it's public record, so sure. Uh, but yeah, so you, you're from, you're from, you're from Alaska, right? Yeah, I was born and raised uh, here in Anchorage, uh, actually right down the street from the studio. I was, was born and raised in Spinard, so. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I still you live in Spinard. I moved the, a miss, block away. You missed the palm tree? I do. I, don't really I, care I do. About the palm tree. I miss, that was actually became a legal battle. Yeah, I know. Bernadette Wilson had um, got it, which I think that she got screwed because they were asked to dispose of it. So if somebody tells me to dispose of something, I was, assume it's garbage. Right. I'm taking it. But then she took it, and I think she like it was like, in an undisclosed location. I think the court ordered her to, as I recall, they ordered her to like turn turn it in. I don't know that information, so I'm not going to speculate. So covered when it happened. Um, so. You're born and raised here, and I met you through through my friend Kale, your boyfriend. Yes, and that's how I met you. So I've only known you for maybe a couple of years, a year, year and a half. Yeah, about a year. Not well, depends on depends on what Kale says. You know, either it's a year and a half or a year. Yeah, that's that's called it's called Kale time. <laughs> so okay, so you went to school, and then you worked in D.C., and then you went to law school after that, or yes, yeah, so I went to Gonzaga University. I was on the rowing team, and then. Um, like a crew? Yeah, I was a D1 rower. Pretty tall, so I could see yeah. that. Yeah, and then I went to uh, D.C., uh, worked there for two years for Senator Murkowski. I, the last position I held was press secretary. Um, and then, you know, it was the natural time to end and go to law school. Um, so I went to the University of Montana. It was the only school I applied to, and I kind of went on a whim. Um, I got in the day I put in my notice uh, to quit, and then... Came home for the summer, went to law school, graduated in two and a half years, and moved back. Wait, so did you want to be a lawyer always, or were you in D.C., and then you decided, oh, maybe, because a lot of lawyers in D.C., or? Well, my parents met in law school, so I kind of always thought I would end up being a lawyer, um, so. Was there, was there some of that, like, um, hey, daughter, it's time to go to law school? Any no, of that, or not really? No, uh, my parents are totally fine with whatever I wanted to do. So what was it like being... Press secretary in D.C. I mean, that must have. I've been to D.C. a few times, but it was awesome. for like a week or something. So there were some really cool parts, like riding in an elevator with um, Bernie Sanders and talking about, you know, 
Vermont syrup um, or or talking to Senator McCain or, um, you know, these like really exciting special moments that you get to be a part of. And then there's the alternative of you work 12 hours a day for almost no money. So, you know, there's definitely a pro and con there. What's amazing is I don't have a lot of friends who work in D.C. Some of them are kind of higher staffers now, but they started off at the bottom or I know people Mm -hmm. that are working as interns or, you know, the front desk. And I mean, they make, I don't understand how people look because DC is an expensive place to live unless you go way out to Maryland or Virginia or something, which is commuting, you're commuting, but they, you know, they make 30, $40,000 a year. Some, you know, to to start. And I mean, what's rent costing? I mean, it's expensive. It's, it's crazy expensive. Um, Where did you live? I lived, I lived on, Cap like East Cap, and then I moved literally across the street from the from the Hart Building. So my oh, walk wow. to work was like one minute, um, and I moved there with my sister and my roommate. And um, a, lot, a lot of people do like roommate roommate stuff with the yeah. younger staffers. Yeah, yeah. But then I also had like I co- I coached rowing at American University, um, and then I worked at a restaurant because I was broke, and I volunteered at a yoga studio so I could have yoga. So like I was working all the time. Um, it's like a fast, it's a fast paced place. Yeah. It, always busy. Uh, what I was amazed at, I was there in January and, uh, I spent some time there. I was, I was, um, they're right in the middle of the impeachment, like right. Right, right when it started. Right. And so I, I know Angelina Bernie, do you know her? And she's yeah. a friend of mine. She's great. And I know, you know, Amanda Coyne, I know these folks from Alaska, they worked there and they were just, I mean, they rolled out the red carpet for me. I mean, they, they really... I talked to the senators. I did some Facebook lives. I was able to Congressman Young as well. And, but, but um, it was a weird time because of the impeachment started and it was like the security was kind of pretty crazy. And they had this deal where they had um, these tickets every day. So many, each office got so many, a couple tickets or something for the gallery. And um, I got one of the tickets one day and I was able to go through and watch. I watched uh, Supreme court justice Roberts, like start the, start the impeachment. It was in the gallery. That's pretty exciting. It was wild. But bef- even before that, before it really started going, I was there for a couple of days, like three or four days. You were, you know, where the elevators are, the Senate yeah. or the, the buildings, there's the, not the elevators, the um, little little subway cars. Oh, yeah. The tra- train cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just insane because, and I was Larry Burton, who's Senator Sullivan's chief of staff, was just a great host. I mean, he took me to the senator's dining room. For, I've never we, been. We, we had still, lunch yeah. with, uh, it was uh, Mike Anderson me, Larry and Amanda Coyne, we had lunch and, and like Stan Feinstein and, and Senator Gillibrand, they were talking and then like Senator Whitehouse was there and then Drew Brees was there in the room having lunch with the guy yeah. from, from the Senator from Louisiana. It's all these like senators, people I see on TV. Yeah. And I was like, right I was like, oh my God, it's Drew Brees. Can I like, I knew I couldn't, but I was like, yeah. I, I can't say hi. Like they're like, no, I was like, but, yeah. but you're like, you're on the, uh, the train cars and like there's Bernie Sanders and there's Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, and everybody's kind of, it's just normal. Yeah. But for me, as somebody who doesn't go there very often, I was like, even yeah. Angelina was telling me that even after you kind of get used to it, but once in a while you see like a, like the famous movie stars come in for some yeah. part of some initiative. Did you ever deal with that? Oh, yeah. I met, um, so Senator Murkowski and I had a bet, and I cannot remember what the bet was, but I won the bet. Um, and so as the winner of the bet, I decided hey, you need to take a meeting with Matthew Perry from Friends. No way. Um, because he was a drug court proponent, and I, believing in criminal justice and criminal justice reform, I was like, this is really important. We need to fund drug courts um, as diversion programs. Um, and so I won this bet, and I was like, you have to take this meeting. And she's like, fine, I'll take the meeting. And I was like, and I get to sit in. She's like, okay, weirdo, sure. Um, and so I got to sit on the couch in the meeting room, and then I got to meet him afterwards, and she told him that 
I had won a bet. And so that's why oh my she God, really? Yeah. So it was, Angelina, it was awesome. She was telling me um, that, you know, there's all these athletes and movie stars mm-hmm. and, and they all have an initiative or a cause they're associated with and they come to DC and, yeah. um, but the, the, the expectation from the, you know, you, everybody's professional. It's, it's yeah. not like autograph time or it's not like, Oh my God. Oh my God. No, but afterwards she did say, um, she'd love to take a picture with you. And he was like, Oh sure. Of course. See, like, the senator, he, knows, the, he knows that he's a celebrity and Senator Murkowski was like pushing it, which was kind of great. See, if the Senator does it, then that's probably that you're good. But if, yeah. if you're the front desk person and you're like, Oh my God, Matthew Perry, can I get a picture? That's probably She'd a, be like, no, that's probably a no. It's, that's no, inappropriate. No. Yeah. We also met Mia Hamm, the soccer star. Yep. She came to the office and she took photos with the staff. It was awesome. I was there, and I think it was before I was there, but Alyssa Milano was Ooh. in, like, the building with the, pro, you know, prote- they're protesting yeah. tr- Trump or something. I don't know, but it's, it's um, for me, it was, like, b- being, I got off the elevator, and, and Chuck Schumer walked right out. And, yeah. and I was just, like, I really wanted to s- just say something, but you, you can't, you shouldn't. And Bert, Bernie was right there, and then I see, um, even in the gallery, it's, like, the gallery's not that, you think it's huge. You think it's, like, a football field. It's, it's so not. small. Yeah. And I see there's like Mitt Romney and there's, there's, um, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders sitting down and, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, they're all just right there. I mean, you can, yeah. you could like, you could just speak a little loud and they'd be able to hear you. Right. It's a really surreal experience living and working in DC with all the senators. It's really cool. So you come back, mm-hmm. your law degree, you're in Montana, you come back to Anchorage Yep. and you take the bar here or in Montana? Yeah. I took the bar in February of 2017. I failed by one point. Uh, so I could be a lawyer anywhere but here. Um, and it's the one place I want to work. So I took it again in July. So some states passed. Some states have like, it's like reciprocal or if, if it's good in one, it's good in the other, but not all states have that or. Right. Every state's different. Um, Alaska is so, part of the UBE uniform bar exam. Um, this is kind of boring stuff, but yeah, I got a 279 and I needed a 280 in Alaska that has the highest score of all the UBE states. So if you pass here. You are, you can, you have a qualifying score in every other UBE state. How many so states? Washington, have the- Washington D.C., Oregon, Nevada. I think. Is it? it I think I've heard. Is California kind of their own deal, or California's their own, Louisiana's their own, uh, Michigan's their own. I mean, there's other states with their own bar. So you could be a lawyer here for 20 years, and you're a great lawyer, and you've done all these things. You move to California, you have to take the bar. The, I don't know their reciprocity rules. Um, like some states will say, "Hey, if you've been a practicing lawyer for five years in good standing, you can apply um, to get in that way." So did you have any idea what kind of law you wanted to do or like from I, law school or? I wanted to be a public defender. I interned in Kenai at the public defender's office one summer. Um, and I was convinced that that is what I was going to do. And then I clerked for the district court for a year and a half ish. And then afterwards I started working at another firm. Um, and then ultimately I just, I went and worked for my dad. Um, he's like one of my best friends. So I figured. So that's great. So it's you and your dad. Me and my dad. Yep. Get a little closer to the mic there, buddy. Sorry. Um, so I, I want to talk about this one case that, that I heard about and uh, we talked about, so it's public. We can, we can discuss it or. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who it is or anything, but yeah. So this is um, fascinating. You can just tell me that I'll, I'll ask you to start with very so, weird situation involving, re- uh, um, a renter or an owner. Maybe was he an owner or a renter? He, so, um, I represent all sorts of people. I do all sorts of cases, landlord, tenant stuff, domestic violence cases, divorce cases, um, construction law. I mean, I do a little bit of everything in our practice. It's a varied practice. We also do personal injury. So we have a broad scope of what we do. Um, and I, we, we got this client who, um, was served with, uh, a domestic violence petition 
that said he had to leave his house because the petitioner, this woman, uh, got exclusive and sole possession of his home. Uh, the problem is she hasn't lived there, has never lived there, and she went to the house once um, in March uh, when they were, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what was going on there, but she had only been in the house once, and she convinced the court, the domestic violence court, to give her a, a domestic violence petition. This is like one of those ex, par ex parte things where, yeah, where he's where not he's not there? It's just her. Um, and, you know, I we file a motion with the court as soon as we find out, um, Tuesday morning, and they say, yep, we'll give you expedited consideration to review this um, domestic violence petition, but um, it'll be next Monday. Mind you, this woman took over his home. So she comes to the house with the police, I with assume? the police, yeah. And, and said, there's this petition, you have to leave. Yes. And, he's, and I assume he said, you don't live here, this is my house. Uh-huh, and the police is like, there's nothing we can do, there's a court order that says you have to get out. So oh Tuesday God. morning, we filed this motion saying, hey, she doesn't live there, she's never lived there, get her out of the house. Wouldn't the judge or the court make you kind of like show or, pr I mean, prove no. or show that you live there? No, I mean, and... I guess, I guess you don't want to, like, make it too burdensome for the... If somebody really is right. abused or... Absolutely. So there's this, like, delicate balance there. But the the problem, I, I think, there's a problem with delayed justice, you know, with with the length of time uh, between filing a petition and having a modification hearing. So Tuesday, we, we go in and we say, hey, we need this to be done expeditiously. And they're like, yes, we'll do it expeditiously. We'll do it next Monday. I was like, that's in five, six days. Imagine That's somebody imagine somebody taking over your house for for a day, let alone five days. Uh -huh. What could happen? Tons of things could happen. They could take all your stuff. What could happen in a day? Yeah. So so um I went down to the courthouse and I said, I'm not leaving until you help me. That's a good lawyer. Um and I brought my computer and luckily I know the domestic violence clerks. They're really nice women and men who work there. Um and they said, All right, Miss Thompson, we'll get you on the calendar for tomorrow, Wednesday. Um if you just leave. Uh, oh, and I was like, ah, please, okay. Please go away. And I was like, okay, but just know that like, I'm not, I, I don't ring your bell unless it's important. Like so this where, is where, important. Where'd the guy go? Was he like in a hotel or something? Or I think he stayed with his family. I don't, I don't know. Um, but the next day we go to court, uh, the court dismisses it. Um, she's asking for a lawyer. She's saying she didn't have notice. And luckily the clerk who I spoke to was the same person doing the log notes. So she's like, Shaking her head, no. Like she was the one who called the woman and told her. Um, and at the end of the hearing, the judge believes my client. We get an order getting her out of the house, um, and you know I go and give the order to the client because I wanted to make sure that if the cops did come or if there was any issues, there was a piece of paper that he had in his hands that said, "No, I have legal right to own this house. She's not allowed to be here," um, because sometimes the petitions don't go up in time. Um, and we walk in the house and it was just a total disaster. There was food everywhere. There were fake nails, um, pills of some sort. I'm not saying they were legal or illegal. I don't know. Um, I think the best one is the, um, and then we turned the corner and they had installed in the frame door frame of the bedroom, um, like a sex swing, like an industrial yes, hook yes. for like two days. And so, so they're having like, it sounds like they're having like, like orgies and like sex parties. I don't know parties what they were doing. Maybe drugs and drinking and. I, yeah, I have no idea. The house was trashed? The house was trashed. All the dishes were dirty. All the food was eaten. Um, it was, it was a sight to see for sure. I mean, not a, if you can, if you can make it happen, not a bad deal for a short term, you know, housing. No, this is not, this <laughs> is definitely a gap in the domestic violence laws, you know, and domestic violence laws are important. Um, they're there for a reason. 
And because um, on the other hand, you hear about these cases where a woman—you've heard these before—a woman is abused, yep. and then the courts say, "Oh, well, maybe not. You're not. You know, the guy doesn't get in trouble, and then something really bad happens. Yep. Maybe she gets really hurt, hurt or killed. Right. So you, you, you've, we've heard those story about those yep. stories too. Yeah, there's, you know, so it's like threading a needle. I mean, this sounds like sometimes maybe threading a needle. It, it's a hard thing to do because it's hard to legislate, I think, or rule on very intricate little everyday scenarios and facts between people. Like, for example, there's no revenge porn law in Alaska. So we've talked about this too. So explain this to me how, I mean, revenge porn's been a, a widely discussed thing nationwide, and some yep. states have passed laws about it. Where yeah. if, if we're dating or you know, if people are dating and they have sex videos or pictures and then. They break up, and then the person puts it on the internet. Yep. That's, or that's, distributes pictures to other people. Like, there was a case in Chicago where this woman um, was broken up with, or she broke up with him or whatever, and she started sending naked photos of the guy to the new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, is not intended consequence. I, like, you know, that guy didn't take pictures of himself naked for her to distribute to other people. I know a woman here in Anchorage who was dating a guy. Um, turned out to be a real piece of shit guy, bad yeah. guy. They had, um, you know, videos, sex video pictures. And uh, she had, had a new job. And this guy had emailed all of this stuff to her boss. Which is horrible. And luckily, you know, it was really awkward. It was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But he, he said, hey, I just want to, like, show you this. You know, you're not in trouble. But, you know, and luck- luckily he was cool and she didn't, you know, nothing. Get but, fired, yeah. But it's like, who fucking does that? And people do that. People do it. Some uh, I have a case right now where a guy filed naked pictures of my client into the court record without her permission, um, and he did it not in a confidential envelope, nothing, just so there were naked pictures in the court file um, until I realized what he had done. Um, so it was a couple days, but but people had gone and pulled the file and, and seen her naked pictures, and it's horrible, and you know it's trying to, to protect those people who otherwise are being defamed. So some states have... Past laws about this stuff, right? Yep. We, we, and we, we have not? We have not. So I wonder how, it might be a situation where this doesn't happen too much. I don't, I don't know. With the age of technology, it's only going to get worse. I believe that. So I guess it's, not that, like, it's not like I'm the only person who has one case that, or two cases that this has happened in. You know, it's, it, if it's happened, if everyone has a story about it, it's happening. Yeah, I was talking about more fi- filing the documents. In yeah. a court case, you know, that, that would, cause I, I mean, there's another, um, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I go to the courthouse once in a while to yeah. look at, look at files or look at cases. And there was one a couple of years ago, I, I heard a, a kind of a rumor that was circulating about a, a, a public, a public figure, politician, a, legis, a legislator, mm-hmm. public figure, um, and a divorce and, and maybe another woman. And there was allegedly an affair and, a, and I, I thought it was bogus, but I was like, I'm kind of curious. So I went to go because the woman in, in question who, who's, supposedly had, you know, been with this person, um, mm-hmm. this married public official was, was getting divorced. So I was kind of curious. I mean, maybe if something is tr- to this, I can go look at it. So the f- case was like, it was one of those big files. I mean, it right. was f- six inches thick, right? So I'm going through it and it would, turns out nothing to do with this person, uh, le- legislator, but um, it was like, I've never gone through a divorce case. Yeah. And I mean, another friend of mine said basically just, Right away, assume ninety percent of it's just like lies or just like people just angry, you know, in a divorce. Yeah. But man, there was like mess text messages, pictures of them, and like Facebook messages, and like like affidavits about. It's like it was fucking 
horrible. Yep. Like what they were saying about each other and it's all there public. I mean, if you want to go yeah. and in this case, these people weren't well known, but they were kind of known people. Yeah. They weren't super well known, but it's like, it's just like pictures and, and, and affidavits and text messages and like proof of, you know, infidelity. And, and it was just like, you're reading this and it's like, you're watching a horror movie. Yeah. But it's real. It's like, these are people in real life. Yep. This is how most of my days go. Yep. And that's just all, and that's all public. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, something shouldn't be right. There was stuff with kids that was like sealed or like, you know, redacted. uh, What was it called? Private or confidential. Confidential. But all the other stuff was just right there to, yeah. To read through. Yeah. But you know, there are rules that the court has that things should be confidential. And when people don't follow those rules, um, it, it, it takes the other lawyer or someone else to say, Hey, you need to follow the rules. And then, you know, as of now, there have been no consequences to the other lawyer who, like, filed naked pictures of my client. So um, do you think they did it intentionally to have them be, quote-unquote, public, or was it more of just I, a... I, I would just be speculating, but, yeah, I, it's probably because they wanted to... So were you able to deal with that? Uh, we haven't gone to court yet, so we'll see. Oh. I mean, yeah, they're now a, confidential, thank God. That, that's what I mean. I yeah, mean, they're, no, I've, I've corrected the issue... Um, so, so you can but, tell the judge or the court, hey, this needs to it be. It should be confidential. But, you know, there also should be consequence for someone doing that, like filing naked pictures of somebody because they filed the domestic violence were, report. Were, were they germane to the case? I mean, was no. it? That's what, I guess that was a question if no. they were trying to show something. like No. Wow. I know. The big the big one, maybe the biggest one is, um, what's her name, Aaron, the, the, the uh, football announcer or the, Football. Erin Andrews? Andrews. Now, I think that's her name, right? Now, she got, re- without her consent, recorded in the hotels. And she got some, I think it was Mary. I mean, she got some huge settlement, like major, because this guy was oh. like creeping on her and he had cameras and she was na- it was on the internet. I think they've mo- mostly come down, it sounds like, but um, this is a whole other level of like invasion of privacy. And then yeah, you know, she's, she's like a famous public figure. And now yeah. you imagine that kind of invasion. That's awful. I don't know. I also think, you know, people surreptitiously recording you. Yeah, that's horrible. But but imagine, like, your ex-girlfriend who you loved and trusted, like, mm-hmm. filing naked pictures of you because you're asserting your right to say, hey, you sexually assaulted me. Like, that has to hurt, too. And so it's not, you know, so mm-hmm. this is my little soapbox. of. Luckily, I mean, there's plenty of speedo pics of me out there anyway. So. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And also, why you know, that's why we have Snapchat. Oh, I don't have Snapchat. You don't, you don't have the Snapchat? You're, you're nope. kind of the you're the younger side. The younger the kid the the kids are on the Snapchat. Yeah, I'm not on the Snapchat. Are you on the TikTok? Nope. Wow, you are on, on Facebook though. I'm on Facebook and the Gram, and I don't even like Facebook. I'm mostly a grammar. Do you feel like I feel like Facebook is becoming? It's still a thing, and it's obviously used, and people use it for, you know, kind of getting news or connecting yeah. with. But it feels like it's really not nearly what it was ten five or ten years ago. Definitely not. I don't even do TikTok, but that seems to be the new thing now. I guess. And then there was there was um. Uh, oh, what's the, there was another, what's the other? That got shut down? No, there was another like social media platform. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't even, see I'm getting lost with them. But there's there's other ones that are, I don't even really know. And that's what the kids are on. Yeah, I'm not on those, so I don't know. And there's Flickr. That's, that's pictures. I think that's old. We, Landmine has a Flickr uh, account we post pictures on. And actually they get a ton of views. Interesting. It's like a public deal. Or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Do capital or protests or... Um, what is it? Um, slush cup, stuff like that. Yeah. So what do you think about this COVID? I mean, it's, the Rona? it's, it's coming back. It seems like today, 35 cases. It's wild. 
I was down a couple, you know, a few weeks ago, two or three, and yeah. Well, we should probably be wearing masks and being careful. Are you you're the you're the pro mask or are you the anti mask? I'm pro mask only because it does no harm to protect yourself and others. Like, why are you that selfish that it's, you can't wear a mask? It's so it so just speaks to this like state of our society where this is, this has become a political issue. Where if you're pro mask, so you're a Democrat. Typically, or if you're anti mask, you're a Republican. You know, it's like yeah, but it's like I believe in my individual freedoms and I still believe that like I, if I can wear a mask to protect my neighbor why wouldn't I I yeah. don't know what do you think I mean I, I don't like to wear them I mean it's kind of annoying to wear it but I mean I'm, I'm not gonna if, if I'm in a business that says what, what upsets me is the people who scream about um, for example if, if the if the baker doesn't want to make a make a cake for a gay wedding they say that, that that's his right that's his freedom he doesn't have to do that mm-hmm. but then they also the same folks are saying you can't make me wear a mask and you're like I'm not gonna wear a mask Right. So, like, where's the business owner? So, if it's a business, for sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the rules. Right. When I was in the assembly meeting just now, and you know, there was a whole anti-mask group there, and they weren't wearing the masks. And right, I, I have one. I, I put it on. I don't think it's um. You know, if I'm outside, if I'm on the trail, I'm not right sure it's really gonna do much. But if I'm in a business or if I'm in a, a closed space and they ask me to wear them, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's. Um, I saw a good analogy of of you know we 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 drive on the right side of the road. There's a reason for that. Right. I mean, I could drive on the left side. You know, I'd probably get in trouble. Yeah. We hurt somebody. Yeah. You know, we we have rules about wearing clothes. You know, so we have rules in society, right, to protect us or to protect others. And this seems to be, you know, it's just something that I think in our country we're so used to that kind of spirit of independence and don't tell me what to do. And right. the government said something. People get very weary. I don't know. I mean, like Japan and Korea, South Korea and, and, and China, I mean, it's like they, the mask thing isn't a controversy. They just, even before this co- co- just coronavirus, it. it was a thing. Like you, right. you, you wear it to big cities, a lot of people. Yeah. I also don't want whatever y'all have. So it's kind of nice to protect myself. So if you're really an individualist, wouldn't you want to protect yourself? Yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy in this whole, um, yeah. whole issue. Yep. Um, well, it's been great having you on. This is uh, fun. We should do this again. I, yeah. I'd invite myself on your podcast, but I don't think that's going to... I don't think it's going to fly, but you know, if you know any women business owners who are interested... I do know some. I do in, know some. I'll, in, I'll pitch them. What about like an Alaska lady business, like like special man edition? Don't men already get enough time? Yeah. You know? Just saying, just saying though, if, if you need, you know, if you want to... Well, I'm volunt- I'll think about it. I'm available. All right, good. It's good to know you're available. Okay, Taylor Thompson, I've really enjoyed this. this uh, was great, fun. great discussion. We'll do it again. You, uh, Excellent. You uh, enjoy your day. It's hard not to so far with this beautiful, amazing summer. Yeah, it's not too hot. Maybe we can go row sometime. Maybe. I, Maybe we'll just stick to pack rafting. If if I was ever going to be in the Olympics, I'd want to be a coxswain. I think you're the, a little the, too big the, to the, be the, a coxswain. The problem is, I'm a little big. Just a little. They got They got to be tiny, right? They have to be tiny. Yeah. Do they do? What do they do? Really, though. That's the last thing I'm going to ask you. They steer the boat. But they don't physically, other than being small, they don't. They aren't like pulling the oars, are no, they? No, they're the ones who make sure the boat goes in the right direction. And um, they get a medal. Yeah, they do. It, their job's important. They also tell you what pace you're going at, um, and they like offer words of encouragement. Why do they, they scream? Some of them. They're screaming. Well, some. Scream, yeah. Some just speak really loud. They get really intense. They like keep the the vibe going. One of my favorite tweets ever was, I think it was in 2012 Olympics. Mm-hmm. It was Josh Groban, the singer. Yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen this tweet? No. He goes, "Does the guy in the like boat who's like screaming get a medal too?" It was like, so, and all these yes. rower people. It was like a big tweet, and all these wow. people were like, "He's the coxswain. You know, he's important. He's important. <laughs> he is important." 
Or she's important. I'm a little too big, though, for the cock. Just a little. So, so am I. I'm six feet. I can't be a coxswain. They're, they're pretty, because they have to, you want to keep the boat balanced, light. right? Is, yeah. that, is that it? Well, light. All right. Yeah. Not going to be a coxswain. Maybe not, not in this lifetime. Maybe not in this lifetime, no. Maybe the next one. Tyler Thompson, I want to thank you for coming in. Had a great time. Thank you Good very discussion. Much. We'll do it again. All right. All right, folks. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, get a hold of me. Stay tuned for the next one. Landline.